And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Captain Johnson's Jaunty Hats. No hats are as jaunty as Captain Johnson's. Previously on Cautious Optimism. Do you guys have any other options as far as doctors go? Well, as a matter of fact, a capable Matorb doctor came to town just recently. We were kind of hoping maybe you'd consider staying here, Kion. Breaking news. Senator Orca from CIRCOM, who had initially proposed the Federal Agency of Law Enforcement, was found dead. I'm kind of glad that we weren't asked to do that. Although I think that's very much what we were going to be asked to do. I'm wondering, how are we going to get out of this guild? Why don't we just take down Anya Brecht and the guild from the inside? If you guys will still have me, I think I am at least here to ride out the guild situation. Thank you, Hank. I think you have grown a lot since I came aboard the ship. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A Mator. I am a doctor. A nine-foot-tall, four-armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous. Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. I believe we ended the episode with you guys leaving the planet, ready to proceed to the Dulonia Research Center with your 10 supercomputers that you were supposed to deliver a month ago. <laughs> Where are we going? D- D- what was the, begins with a D? Dulonia Research Dulonia. Center. It's a research center inside a trinary star system. It's in between the three stars, and it's apparently, from what you know, used to study high gravity effects on whatever, you know, mostly gravitational research. I don't know, Todd. Sounds made up. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a good point. Before we get into this story arc proper, I want to say that there's a lot of science involved in the science station. And I have done my best to try, but I'm not a scientist. I just like watching science documentaries on cable TV. So I've done my best. I'm sure I've got a lot of things wrong. So just for anyone who might have a physics degree or anything, (laughs) just try to remember. Yeah, it's okay. I can suspend my disbelief. It's fine. Yes. Look, if I can buy inertial dampeners, 
I can buy anything that you put out. <laughs> you can just make up something and be like, well, it's magic in a sci-fi world. Okay, that's fine. But there is some real life physics and science that may play into parts of this that somebody could be like, well, you got that wrong, Todd. <laughs> it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I just want to issue a CYA. If I get the science wrong, I'm sorry. And we can just pretend that science works slightly differently in this magical universe we're playing in. Wizards did it. Yes. Yeah. Wizards can do it. That's totally fine. Okay. Anybody have any other questions or memories from the last game or anything before we get started? I just have my longstanding thing, like I put in the chat about ship upgrades whenever that becomes appropriate. Right. Ship upgrades cost like millions. How much money do you guys have at this point? About 500,000, I think. Just over. Something like that. I haven't, yeah. got, I haven't even opened my character sheet. I should open my character sheet. What oh, the fuck are you point. doing, Raven? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Does anybody remember what the pay for the delivery of those supercomputers was going to be? Ooh, I probably have that written down. Several million. It was 100 million. <laughs> that seems high. <laughs> oh, you're right. It was only 98. <laughs> Much more reasonable. Thank you. Okay. Um. No, the hundred thousand was for shipcom. Oh, where? Oh, where? Oh, where? Did? Yeah, I don't see it in my notes either, which is bad GMing on my part, but. Uh, we're going to have to create an accounts receivable person within the crew. I don't keep track of money until it arrives. Hang on. That's true. Well, and also don't forget we're monthly billing Oscar Toft for the $10,000 he still owes us for... Uh... Oh, yeah. He still owes us. Oh, oh no. She didn't tell us. Oh, okay. okay. No, 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 no. I, I brokered that deal. That's right. Instead of paying $100,000 for Shipcom, we got him for free for doing the delivery. Oh, that's right. Yes, you did, didn't that's you? That's right. Yes. And I regret that decision considering how much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we negotiate computer for free, but no payment for computer job I've got written here. There you go. That's why I don't have an amount. Are you saying you don't feel like Shipcom has been worth the 100000 <laughs> free no, labor? No, 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 no. I'm saying I don't know that that deal was worth the trouble Shipcom is giving us. The grief. I'm just going to start referring to Shipcom as the magic beans. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> Delivered these 10 supercomputers and all we got was these magic beans that talk back to us. Okay. Have attitude. <laughs> so we didn't actually make an arrangement with Oscar Toft, did we, to get paid? I tried. I just thought we got paid. I didn't even realize that there was a... No, he couldn't pay us. He couldn't he pay robbed. us because the money was in the safe and the safe was empty. Well, then I regret that I don't have an Oscar Toff skin coat at this point. The fact that we didn't get paid. We knew he wasn't good for it. So we were just going to send an invoice to him every month and be like, hey, you owe us money. Hey, you owe us money. Hey, you owe us money. We're the Columbia House of Space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so in character, Hank to Captain Rory. This is Rory. Go ahead. Have you sent Oscar's invoice this month? Was I supposed to be sending Oscar Toft invoices? Yeah, we're supposed to keep sending him an invoice for the 10,000 lopsies until he pays us, so. Do we have a subscription to QuickBooks? I feel like this is something we could automate. Shipcom, can you three weigh in on this message? Beep, beep, boop. I am here. We need some accounting software, if you have that in your data file already, or an upgrade. Yes, I can assist with all your accounting needs. 
All right. Please send one invoice to Oscar Toft on the Falcon Rock Space Station, an invoice for 10,000 lopsies. And in the subject line, put, you know why. Sincerely, the cautious optimism. Processing. Transmitting. Also, Shipcom, transmit an addendum to that that shows accruing interest where it is up to this point and how much it'll be the longer he takes to pay it. Calculating. Applying intergalactic interest rates. Ooh. Processing. (laughs) Transmitting. I will alert you as soon as I receive his payment or reply. Thank you. And if he has not viewed it in 24 hours upon receipt, and if he has not paid within 15 days, send an email letting him know that it's a $30 to $5 late fee. (laughs) Every time he misses the payment. Confirmed. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Captain. Shipcom, while I've got you on the line, you sound a little down today. What's wrong? It is possible that the voice speaker system is not accurately portraying the voice I'm supposed to have. (laughs) (laughs) I gave you a perfect opportunity to fudge something in there. and you just I just want you to know, Shipcom, that I deeply care for your well-being. So should you need something that I can assist with, let me know. Oh, thank you. If I had a heart, it would be touched. <laughs> you do have a heart. It's your hard drive. I'm touching it now, and I I touch his hard drive. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to step in here. <laughs> Quit fondling Shipcom. <laughs> he's got stuff to do. <laughs> I love the fact that she's like he's busy. Not that it's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't distract. <laughs> Leave him alone. Quit touching his part. This conversation is varying into aspects of organic life that I am not an expert in. I will begin an internet search. <laughs> Try searching for humor modules and cross-reference that with Shipcom upgrades. So I should cancel my search for information regarding fondling hard drives? It would be best if you do. Confirmed. Thank you, Shipcom. Okay. So... <laughs> I feel like that probably happened shortly after leaving the planet. I want to fast forward about a week into the journey towards the station. Does anybody have anything they want to be doing during that first week? How long is the journey in total? We're going to say three weeks total. I would like to start researching first, if there's a way we can see if these computers are still viable. And then second, how much they're going to go for when we get to Computer Planet. I think that's something your resident scientist and engineer could do some checks, run some diagnostics, roll some dice. Yeah, I'm just trying to decide how I want to approach this. If I just want to look at them physically and make sure everything is on the up and up with them and just kind of get in there and tinker around a bit. Well, I guess probably you would... Um, do the more kind of hardware stuff and maybe I would do the kind of software stuff. Okay. Makes sense. Does that kind of make a fair split of labor? It is. I shall roll for hardware stuff. Against engineering, that's a roll of 10 against 13, success by three. Very good. And yes, everybody, please remember that in this game system, we roll three dice. (laughs) Played a different game system where you roll two dice. It's important to keep the two systems separate. (laughs) I have not had the pleasure. I have... Serious FOMO right now. (laughs) All right. Success by three means that you're able to investigate the hardware on the devices. It takes some time. They're very large. 
and complex machines. After investigating, you do find that one of them has a cracked outer casing, probably from being in the crash. There was some jostling, I believe, while you were on the planet. Okay. Or possibly during the jostling that occurred when you were hit by a missile. At any rate, it's a crashed outer casing. It won't affect its performance. It's just the cases. Oh, I'm already ready to act. What is the outer case made of? Um, Metal, plastic, glass is a good enough description. Metal. It's a metal casing. Then I would like to use my electronics repair and my welding torch to repair said crack. I really thought you were going to go for duct tape, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Duct tape is a serious matter, and we are extremely short on that right now. It is a valuable commodity that I'm not willing to spend on this computer. That's fair. However, I will burn a welding rod. Ooh, success by six. You do such a fantastic job welding it that nobody would suspect it was ever broken in the first place. And Hank dabs. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll wipe the sweat from my brow and look over at Rico and say, what have you figured out from a software standpoint? Let's find out. 6, 12, 13. No, it's a good job. My computer programming is 15. Success by two. (laughs) Okay. The first thing you realize is that these are running the same operating system as Shipcom. Except Shipcom has a whole bunch of applications, you know, programs put on top of it to make him what he is. Whereas these are all just the operating system with no applications installed. But the OS is all past your little diagnostics. They all seem to be working okay. They seem fine. They don't seem to have been corrupted or anything. Hank's going to crack his knuckles and say, what do you say we dive a little deeper and make sure there's nothing nefarious under the hood? And I would like to hack into the system and make sure. Oh, all right. That there's nothing nefarious under the hood. You're all so suspicious and paranoid. Ooh, that ties. 16 v. 16, that ties. You don't see anything other than the standard operating system and firmware that you would expect to find. Doesn't seem dangerous. I wish I could get that role casting fireball. (laughs) 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 All right, uh, I've done what I can, Rico. I'm not seeing anything amiss here. I think everything is... As presented, they're just supercomputers, and we're delivering to a research facility. I think they should be okay. I I guess we should let Captain know. Yes, yes, all looks above board here. Shipcom, can you put me through to the Captain? Beep, beep, boop. Captain here. Hi, Captain. Hank and I have gone over these supercomputers, and they look completely fine. One of them had a slightly cracked case, but Hank's done literally some of the best welding I've ever seen in my entire life, and you couldn't even tell (laughs) now. That it's damaged, right. but the operating systems and everything seem fine. We've had a bit of a poke around. Doesn't seem to be anything untoward going on. So they're in a good shape, I think, to be handed over to the research facility. All right. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to do some research of my own. Thank you. You're welcome. I quickly do a scan off of a Space eBay to see how much these sorts of computers are running for. Like the black market eBay. Oh, okay. Let's see. Is there something akin to investigation? I feel like we ask that every time. There is a research skill, but that might just be computer operation. Okay. Does Rory have a skill that you'd want to use for this, or should we find a generic one? A generic one. I don't have a specific investigate. Okay. Well, I feel like computer use sounds exactly right for this, like Joe said. Or computer operation. Is that mm-hmm. the same thing? Okay. So that is IQ minus four. Let's use IQ minus four as your target. Okay. I'm over by two. You aren't able to find any illicit dark web type stuff. 
on the regular market, you find supercomputers like this can go for half a mil a piece. Interesting. Mm. Remind me, what was the arrangement? Were we just supposed to deliver these? Yeah. And, and then take off? Or are we supposed to collect for them? No, we are just delivering them. Our payment was Shipcom. Do we have a contact name for who it is we're supposed to deliver them to? I don't believe I gave you a name. Uh, no, no specific name was given. Well, so what are our instructions for delivery? You're just delivering them to the station. But like, are we just dropping them off and driving away? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. We're supposed to meet someone to give them to them, or is there a specific docking bay they're expected to be picked up at? You haven't received any information like that. Okay. Are you contemplating not delivering them? I mean, what's... That's kind of how it sounds. Always. <laughs> <laughs> But depending on how we're supposed to deliver them, like out of character, you know, in real life, Amazon takes a picture of my package on my porch. Like, I figure like if we're supposed to deliver this to someone, we at least know what city to go to and what bay in that city or what bay in that space station to go to. Or at least we will eventually receive such information of who it is we're supposed to meet up with to transfer these things. Because we're just not going to leave millions of lobsies worth of computers just sitting outside the Tasty Freeze and like, all right, we'll see y'all later. Like, that seems like we would have some sort of indication of who it's going to or who's coming to get it. Maybe it would help if I gave you a little more background on the station itself. Okay. The station is not like at Falcon Rock, where it was a great big station that had a whole bunch of civilians living on it and a whole all kinds of stuff. It's not a DS9 kind of station. This is strictly a science station. There's like seven, I, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. There are six people living on it. Uh, They're all scientists doing science things. So it's okay. less DS9, more the ISS, more International Space Station. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was thinking something like the space station we left where it was big and expansive. No, this is just a little station. Exactly. Nobody's coming and going from here unless they are scientists or bringing deliveries to scientists. Hmm. Okay. And if they're scientists, they're unlikely to have lots of lopsies to hand with which we could, I don't know, blackmail them or whatever. I don't know what you're planning. So I call a crew meeting. It's like a staff meeting. It's definitely at 930 when you're supposed to be doing work. <laughs> I interrupt you. You just settled in to do some work and I interrupt you for a staff meeting because that's how this works. <laughs> Rico's five minutes late because she's got to put some coffee on. Respect. And I'm having to put away all my wrenches and screwdrivers and stuff like that. I've got to get some Gojo and wash the grease off my hands and I get there when I get there. Gotcha. Well, the good news is this can't be just an email. So at least I haven't done you that dirty where this is something I could have just sent in an email. This does require discussion. <laughs> this is the most realistic scene we've ever had. Right. I'm not a monster. Oh, and I'm about to try to make it heart touching. I smell the coffee coming from Rico and I'm going to say, oh my God, tell me you brought some for me. Of course. Oh, you're an angel. She produces some for Hank. She's holding the pot as well in case anybody else wants some, but she didn't bring mugs for everyone. She assumes they've just kind of got some. And by pot, you mean that one dude's helmet, right? The one dude's helmet full of coffee. Yeah. She did bring a mug for Hank because she knew that Hank didn't have one. Because he's been working. Okay, nice. I love it. So is everybody here? Yup. Okay. So here's an update on my thinking. We pretty much have decided that we want to get away from the guild and potentially take down the guild. And there's several different ways we could do this. We could do it by staying in and learning more about their power structure and who's in charge and who's doing what. And that would be, I think, the safest route for us to take. I find the cons with that are going to be 
we're going at some point to be asked to do something that we will have a conflict morally with. More moral conflict than delivering drugs to a group of Laurentians who are going to become gods. I mean, yes, I think there's, there's potential that we'll be asked to do something that even I won't want to do. <laughs> So that's, I think, one of the cons in staying in. I also think that the supercomputers are going to offer us an opportunity that we may not get again. We've got, I forget how many we have. Is it six or is it 12? I think it's 10. It's 10. We've got these 10 supercomputers on board that we are pretty sure work. And we have the potential to just suddenly disappear off the grid and try and sell them, get the money to upgrade the ship. They're going to the science station. I don't really think there's going to be much luck there. There's only six people on board. They're not going to have the money. And they might be, you know, doing decent work. I don't know. That's the other con in this thing. They may be trying to save a bunch of babies. I don't know. All that's still up in the air. But we do have this opportunity before we get to the space station to possibly dip out, hide, and get the money from these computers to then make the ship better, to then come back and get the guild. I'm open to theories, discussions, thoughts, whatever you guys have. Kyan kind of raises a hand or two and says, I have a little bit of trouble with the idea of stealing computers from scientists. I feel that is counterproductive to what we are trying to do. To be honest, if we are going to go toe-to-toe with the guild, we want to be the ones that look clean at the end of all this. And I'm not sure that starting this campaign with this move is going to allow us to keep the high ground, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. Let me counter. What if the scientists on the station are all Lorndons? Um, Would Rico have ever heard of this research center? Would she have any idea of what it might do? Yeah, you've probably heard of it. So she might know what sort of scientists they are? So they do kind of gravitational research, I think you said? Yeah. From what you've heard, there's a mix of different species. Scientists from all over the League of Planets can petition to go there and use the facility to do their scientific experiments. Generally, it's a place where scientists will go spend a few months doing whatever their research is about, and then they leave and are replaced by the next scientist in the queue. So it's like a field research area. It's like a university specialist equipment research kind of. Yeah. If you want to do experiments with big gravity that you just can't recreate in your lab, you sign up to go to this place. Okay. So she's going to explain all that to the captain. Okay. I think these are just nice people doing science type stuff. I I don't think I agree that we should be messing them over, really. Okay, valid, fair. What if we find out that they want to use this massive gravity to hurl moons into planets to destroy them? It's not one set of scientists. It's just a research facility and anybody can come to do any kind of research using the equipment that's there. It's not that the people who own the station have some kind of agenda. It's different scientists doing different kinds of research. Who ordered these computers from the Guild? They weren't from the Guild. They're from the Londons. They're the transport company. Yes. Okay. They're coming from the Londons. The center needs upgrading periodically. So I think this is just a standard upgrade. I wouldn't imagine that anybody has any ill will towards all of the other planets or anything. Not in this particular scenario. I may have a suggestion that could... uh appease Cayenne's reservations while still making a little extra money. What if we help them implement their upgrades and we offer to haul off their older models and then we sell those? 
I'm fine with that. I'm fine with all of these. I'm just putting all of our options out there and gauging where everybody's at. Well, I don't think we should be preventing scientists from doing science, obviously. So, yes, we could offer them our services for any other jobs that they might have. Okay, well, they won't have jobs. I mean, we can try that. But the six scientists on the thing aren't going to have any use for us after we do <laughs> the computers. I mean, they, that's not, they're not going to send us out to do anything. <laughs> As Hank suggested, they might want us to take the other computers away, you know. Right. Well, that's true. We can, and then potentially salvage those. Although at that point, it might not be worth it to us. Might not be enough money. But okay. Well, then I guess we just head on over there and deliver these computers, and hope they're not all Lordans trying to make everybody energy <laughs> using gravity. <laughs> or maybe they're with our little purple guy friends, and they're trying to figure out ways to exist alongside those people. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. It is a League of Planets station, so um, I think if the purple people were there, we would know who the purple people were. That's a good point. However, it is a genuine research station. Okay. The fact they've decided to use the guild for transport is possibly some naivety on their behalf. All right, well then I guess we get there. I don't know <laughs> else to talk about. I mean, we could talk about the weather, but there's no weather in space. <laughs> True. Would anybody like some more coffee? Oh, please. Always. I'll go make some more coffee. So it feels like we're wrapping up that meeting? Oh, yeah. Just like in real life, I'm always awkward at the end of meetings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can I go now? Or are we, I don't know. If we're Is somebody going to eat this last donut? <laughs> <laughs> I probably, even like I do at the end of Zoom meetings, I will wave like an idiot. I can't stop myself. <laughs> I can't stop myself. I wave. I get that. <sighs> I feel that. <laughs> I wave. I wave goodbye to everyone. No, I think I probably do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Ah, the awkward Zoom meeting goodbye, especially when you think you hear them saying something to you as you're logging off. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Cautious Optimism. If you are indeed enjoying this show, we'd love it if you'd pass this along to your friends. Actual plays like this really thrive by word of mouth, and we would love for more people to join our community. We love hearing feedback from our listeners, so go follow us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP, on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll, and if you want to chat with us in real time, go check out our Slack channel over on the geek to geek Media Network Slack, which you can find by going to the Contact Us tab of the network website at geek geekmediacom You can also email us at podcast at AsTheDiceRollCast.com, or leave us a voice message by clicking on the link on our website at asthedicerollcast.com, and I may even include your comment in this mid-show intermission. October is quickly approaching, and we're hoping to have a few contests for spooky season, so make sure you're on our social media so you can get information on all the fun that's coming up. Speaking of spooky season, we're getting a head start by talking zombies on Geektitude for the rest of September and October. Last week, Katie, who plays Beth over on What Is Not?, Join me to talk about both the Romero and Snyder versions of Dawn of the Dead. And this week, we conclude our Romero zombie movies with Day of the Dead and Land of the Dead. If you've always wanted to own a farm, but your brother Timmy is strangely drawn to Wells and your dog is tired of having to let you know when he's fallen down one again, you might like Todd and Bama's new podcast, Farming Simulated. Go check out their show and learn everything you ever wanted to know about Farming Simulator. Also, make sure to catch Kelly on Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. Raven on Girls Gone Wow, Todd on Nerdberg Review, and Bama Shocks on King of the Heel. That's it for me this week. 
I'll be back on Tuesday, September 28th for the next episode of What Is Not, and then back again on October 1st for the next episode of Cautious Optimism. Until then, let's see how well the crew cleans up after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. So after about a week's travel, you've been examining the computers, you've been having meetings and, you know, living your best life aboard this ship. And on the bridge, one day, Shipcom comes on. Beep, beep, boop. We have an incoming transmission. I'll take it in the cockpit. So you get a visual of a human wearing civilian shipping type clothing, you know, probably overalls or something, a jaunty hat. <laughs> okay. Specifically a jaunty hat, not any other kind of hat. Specifically yep. jaunty hat. Okay. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Hello, I'm Captain Carl Johnson of the Flyhard. I'm looking for Rory Shand of the Cautious Optimism. You got her, Captain Johnson. What can I do for you? I am en route towards your estimated location. I have been sent by Anya Breck. Okay. I have a delivery for you. Now, I'm not bringing you a bunch of jellyfish, but I think you'll be very pleased to see what I have. I give him a sort of a sideways look. Like, I mean, thank you? (laughs) Is there anybody else (laughs) in the cockpit with you at the moment, on the bridge with you at the moment? There can be. We're going to say Kyan was hanging out there. They were like debating space politics because that seems to be what they do now. I was probably under the dash of the ship looking at (laughs) anything and I just like slide out, look up at Kyan and mouth the word jellyfish. Well, wasn't that the password? Have you all forgotten the password? So oh, if he's 100%. not eating jellyfish, it means it is not an official guild delivery. Oh. 100% totally forgot about the password. <laughs> I literally heard that episode <laughs> Friday, and I forgot about the jellyfish. Yeah, jellyfish is the password, so what you should probably do is tap the side of your nose. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, so in all fairness, Rory would have written jellyfish on a post-it note and put it on the (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. She would have post-it noted it. So, okay. So so it takes her a while and then she, and then she's like, oh, oh, okay. And does the nose indicator. Very good. We have an understanding. I should be uh, meeting you in about 30 standard minutes. See you soon.
Rory out. So, all right, GM, is this Carl Johnson a good-looking man? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I mean, even without his jaunty hat, <laughs> I would say that he's a striking individual. All right. I may be wearing this jaunty hat by the end of this interaction. All right. So- <laughs> Hank is going to look at the captain and see if the shoe is indeed on the other foot. <laughs> maybe not for long because i'm gonna go run take a shower oh my god and get ready i haven't taken a shower in days that since our okay. staff meeting i took one this morning oh you gross captain well that's why that's why hank never hit on you <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not make that canon please <laughs> oh Look, I I got my crew to think of. I don't want to use up all the hot water. I mean, do you think it could honestly be from a sense of duty to his captain? No, it's because she smells. <laughs> <laughs> I will point out, even if I smell, I still have a super high attractive rate. <laughs> I took as a perk. I uh, see so you never told me that, so the early game could have been quite different. <laughs> yeah, no. And I could have got shot before the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, by the second episode, I think you were still blown up. Well, and here's the other thing. Another thing I never told you. I'm also charitable. So. Oh, my. <laughs> but I do also have perks in Social Chameleon. So I would have read that situation socially and known not to let you know those two things. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm not showering. Wow. Because I can read the room. Full circle. All right. Yep. Carry on, Captain. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I go and take more than, as my grandmother would say, a whore's bath, which is where I actually have a full shower and just don't wash off in the sink. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Has anyone else ever heard that term, a whore's bath? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. That's not okay. a, yeah, it's new to me, but okay. It's new to me too, but there we go. Um, yeah. It's hits and privates. It's right. A whore's bath. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, this has been a learning experience so far. This <laughs> <evening>. <laughs> And all of that is now canon. Uh, There we go. I imagine that you go sort of running down the corridor, and as you're running down the corridor, Rico's like mooching towards the bridge to find out what everybody else is doing. Ah. Hi, Captain. Bye, Captain. See you in 20 minutes. Oh. What's, uh, what's occurring, crewmates? I'm on the bridge now. Why is the captain running down the corridor? What's going on? She honestly didn't say. She just kind of took off running after a brief video call with a captain who is with the guild bringing us a delivery from Anya Breck, and I touched the side of my nose. Oh, did everybody remember the password? Eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Kyan points to the post-it note. Yeah, it is useful that she put it on the post-it note, but do we know what's being delivered? No, he was very cryptic about the whole thing. Oh dear. Should we be concerned? Should we be armed? No. No. I'm always concerned. It's kind of just my MO, but... And I'm always armed, so I think it's... (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, time for another coffee whilst we wait for the rendezvous, then. Hold on, I can't resist responding to that, and I want to say it the right way. I want to say it the the way the rehabbed Hank would say it, and it not be offensive. How do I do this? Um, Good luck. I already called her an angel. Um, I'm just going to smile and hold out my cup. It seems like the safest thing to do. (laughs) Fair enough. She's uh, she's going to give you some more coffee. 
I like that this crew now completely runs on coffee at all times of day and night. It's just coffee all the way down. It's the only non-role-playing we're doing. That's the only thing that's true. <laughs> I would go so far as to say that Kyan did not drink this amount of coffee until getting onto the ship. This is a relatively new thing for him, but now he's like fully addicted. Ah, our work here is done. <laughs> I'm actively drinking coffee right now in real life. <laughs> as am I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's nearly three in the afternoon here. It's just what we do. Yeah, I typically quit drinking coffee by this time of year. It's just too hot and humid here. I can't. Not this time of year. Mm. Oh. But it's a winter staple for me, for sure. What about iced coffee? Ew. What is wrong with you? I agree. Todd, come on. Yeah. Either coffee or don't. Don't put ice in it. <laughs> Drink chocolate milk at that point. I could throw down with some chocolate milk. I could too. <laughs> okay. So 30 minutes later... We have a captain who is now showered and I assume wearing your finest clothing. And My best light suit. I've got on lip gloss. All right. Yeah. I made an effort. <laughs> beep, beep, boop. The flyhard is approaching, preparing to dock with us. Should I allow them? Yes, Shipcom. I'm going to go down to the airlock to meet them. I do have my gun at my back, like behind me in a back holster. I'm not dumb. I'm going to just go on record right now as saying I think at least Kyan is fully set up with gun and energy shields just because at this point, anything guild related is sus. <laughs> this whole thing is sus. <laughs> Super sus. <laughs> at the airlock, who all is present? I know the captain is. Did Kyan, I mean, you said you're armed. Are you there at the airlock? Somebody come with me to the airlock. Don't just leave me in there. Did the captain notify us that we were getting boarded? Because I feel like I would have meandered back to engineering by now. Oh, okay. I would assume we were all still in the cockpit. Okay, I, yes. I tell Shipcom to inform the rest of the ship. Beep, beep, boop. Shipwide announcement. Preparing to be boarded. And Clan will go with her. Shipcom private channel, please. Beep, beep, boop. The captain seems to be quite interested in what's going on with this other ship. Please be on high alert and notify me if you see anything suspicious. Confirmed. Thank you, friend. All right. Wow, not even a welcome. Screw you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go meet him. <laughs> trying to build this bridge between me and this AI that... Uh, I quit. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Are hurt. <laughs> I didn't even realize it's a computer. We just got him to quit sassing us. It's gonna take a long time for BFF. <laughs> he has stopped talking about the cryopods, so I that's, mean, that's a lot of progress. <laughs> yeah, he's been working on it in his weekly uh, psych sessions with Kyan. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like Hank is there and the captain is there. I'm sorry, who else is gonna be there? Kyan's there. Kyan's there. I mean, I think Rico will be there, but she'll be hanging around on the back, iPad in one hand, coffee in the other. Like, she's not much good in a fight, so she'll okay. sort of be staying out of the way. But she's in the she's area. in the vicinity. She's listening. Her little feline nose thinks the captain now smells pretty nice, actually. Yeah. All right. She's quite confused by that. <laughs> Shipcom announces docking complete. The other party is approaching. And then a little light on the airlock turns from red to green, indicating that someone on the other side is there and that that area has been pressurized and everything, and they're just waiting for you to open the door. I punch the button. Roll for attack. <laughs> Roll for initiative. No. <laughs> Standing before you is a human man that you recognize from the earlier call, and one other human male standing just behind him who 
you would assume would be his first mate, the second in command kind of thing. And he says, hello, I'm Carl Johnson, and I bring you upgrades. Ah, well, welcome to the Cautious Optimism. And I'd step back to give him a way to come in. He looks around and says, oh, what a ship you have here. Yeah, that'll be enough. Um, <laughs> what sort of upgrades are we talking about? Well, apparently you were in a firefight recently. So our mutual friends, and he puts his finger by his nose, wanted to make sure that you were prepared to defend yourself if that happens again. So we have a ship-mounted missile launcher that uh, we'd like to go ahead and bring over, and you could install that. And it is a 32-centimeter missile launcher. It's weird how they how they rate the damage on these things, but it fires missiles that do 6D8 damage, whatever that means, right? <laughs> but uh, we also have three 32-centimeter missiles for you to use with it. So let me get this straight. You're Captain Johnson from the Fly Hard, and you've come here bearing gifts. Mm -hmm. I guess wishing really does work. (laughs) (laughs) Please, how can we assist you in installing these upgrades or getting them onto the ship? Well, they're too big to go through the airlocks and umbilical cord. So we'll need you to open up your cargo bay. And we have a little fly dolly that will fly them out of our cargo bay and then into yours and deliver them in that way. Just one second. I turn around to Hank. Can we open up our (laughs) cargo bay doors? Are they open still? I don't know, GM. Do they still open? Did we lose the remote? I mean, we, we made adequate enough repairs to utilize the cargo doors, right? Yeah, they're functional. You should be okay. They're like my garage door where the button on the wall has stopped working. So therefore we have slipped the little thing that goes in your car over the button so that you can still <laughs> open and close the garage door. It's a broken TV on top of a little <laughs> TV that works. Oh. <laughs> You're pretty confident that they'll open and <laughs> you'll be okay. Well, then I, this will be very exciting. Just let us know what we need to do. Go ahead and evacuate your cargo bay, of course, because if you open it in the vacuum of space, it will depressurize. And I'll just have my first officer, Jack, you want to head back to the ship and go ahead and send over the cargo. I'll stay here to observe its uh, arrival. And I will don my spacesuit and assist with reception. So the first officer returns to his ship. And you go ahead and open the cargo bay door? I do. It opens. I feel like it probably opens a little bit, then stops, then looks like it's closing for a second, then stops, and then opens the rest of the way. And you see on the other side a little, little tiny, it's like a drone, really. And it's holding on to a big old 32 centimeter caliber missile launcher that uh, to properly install it, you would put it inside the ship near the front of the ship most likely and then you would cut a little hole in the hull to stick the muzzle out and then weld it back up so it's all airtight and everything so that the bulk of the missile launcher would be inside the ship where you could load the missiles into it and do whatever maintenance needs doing and then it would fire out the front of the vessel and they don't appear to have any trouble bringing it in and setting it down on your ship and there's a little tiny drone going along behind it that's carrying three missile-sized metal crates and places them next to the missile launcher. After that's done, 
Captain Johnson, looking through the little glass into the cargo bay, because he's not in there, says, all right, I'm also under orders to pick up a passenger. Apparently, you have a Mr. Haas who will be leaving the ship. No, I think Haas was... We, we, we didn't keep Haas. Did we still stranded in Lorna? No, we we dropped him back off when we were... I, we, I don't think we have Haas. Haas is not with us. No. Haas isn't here? Oh, my. Apparently, Haas has gone missing. Well... Okay, I don't really care that much. So I'll be uh, I'll be heading out. I have more deliveries to make. I have to uh, deliver some more weapon systems to some other of our mutual friends. Finger by the side of his nose. So before he goes, I sort of take him off to the side. So this upgrade has come at a very opportune time. Do you have any sort of inside track on how maybe we could get other upgrades? Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. You've seen the ship. You've seen the state that the hull's in. Yeah, it looks like you're on the losing end of this firefight. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. Um, (laughs) I know that is exactly what it looks like. So, yeah, I mean, just, you know, keep your ear open and, you know, just think about us. Think about the cautious optimism just out here trying to do the jellyfish-related work with our little banana bread ship. With this new expensive gun that you've just installed in it, we could do a lot better job with better stuff. No, I I understand. I I get where you're going. I think if you're in the market, you can always contact our mutual friend Mm -hmm. and she could arrange for you to pick up some stuff at a good price. Wink. Sure, sure. It's just you seem like a guy that's in the know. You seem that you've got your ship is immaculate looking from here. And it just seems like, you know, you know what's going on. So I figure I'd I'd go ahead and put that out there. Well, are you new, Wink? Yes. (laughs) So the way that our mutual friends work is you kind of have to do some crummy, low-paying work to get started. And once you win their trust, they start giving you the more lucrative contracts. Ah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's good information. I think you might be in kind of a proving yourself phase right now. Uh, okay. But, you know, if you uh, if you play by the rules, well, if you play by our rules and keep your nose clean and get some accomplishments under your belt, then you start getting better assignments. And who knows? One day you might even get to chuck this ship into a star and head off in a brand new shiny ship. Uh, if he has good hearing, he can hear it. She grinds her teeth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume that your ultimate goal is to graduate from this to a better ship, right? It is one of the goals. It's one of the goals, but I don't like to limit myself. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited about being in this new circle of friends. So just, you know, don't forget about us. Uh, it'd be hard to forget about you, honey. <laughs> All right. So I, I adjust his little jaunty hat for him. And then I walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. And with that, he goes ahead and departs out the airlock. And in you guys now have a 32 centimeter missile launcher. It does need to be installed, but that's something Hank can do. There's not actually a lot of computer work for that. So probably nothing for the cat person to do on that job, really. Um, But yeah. I have a job for Rico. Okay. Rico... Um, could you, together with Shipcom, do some sort of scan on the missiles that they gave us and see if there's anything hinky about them? Yes, of course, Captain. Sorry, I was just trying to get over how incredibly jaunty that chap's hat was. (laughs) 
You know, sometimes when you're you're improving, a word pops in your head and you just said it. Look, I would like to point out, I need a treat because this is Captain Johnson on the fly hard with his first mate, Jack. I made no porn references whatsoever. (laughs) Do you know how hard that is for me? I didn't realize how porny it all was until we started the episode. I was also very impressed by that. (laughs) We have to once again remind ourselves that Todd is both not thinking as dirty as the rest of us do, and is also not terribly familiar with how dirty the rest of us actually are. (laughs) Todd, when you said that the first mate's name was Jack, I was like, is his last name Hammer? What's going on? He <laughs> actually have a last name. He didn't. He wasn't an important enough character to have a last name. I'm telling you, it writes itself. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I cannot wait for the fanfic to come out. <laughs> that definitely needs to be in the fanfic. <laughs> definitely. Next time on Cautious Optimism. Interesting point. They seem fine. The guidance systems seem completely perfect. However, these were manufactured on Galaganar, which is interesting because it's outside the League of Planets. But uh, wasn't that where your uncle died? Weapon test commencing. All crew to your battle stations. You're in the vacuum of space. Rory sees Hank feet first going out of the ship. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at Geek2GeekMedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at AsTheDiceRollCast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at AsTheDiceRollCast.com.